On today's edition of the show, we're going to discuss how the Florida Panthers have not looked recognizable if you had watched this team from game one all the way to now. We mean that in a good way. We're going to discuss how the Florida Panthers all throughout the postseason, whenever they've had an opportunity to face top guns, they haven't shied away from the moment. And we're going to get yet another series check-in with the radio play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers, Doug Plagans. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to this Monday, May 22nd edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Ramondo Velez. You can follow me on Twitter at Man 12 Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And on Instagram as well at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back and listen to the show to get your daily Florida Panthers fix. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code locked on HL for $20 off your first purchase. So it's a game day, Florida Panther fans, happy game day, which is so great about these one day gaps when you're in the Eastern Conference final. It's quick recovery for one day and then right back at it to to get back into the action, especially with the Florida Panthers and the momentum that they have with winning both games in Carolina. I'm I, I'm so excited for how FLA Live Arena is going to be on, on Monday night as the, as they welcome their team to, once again, another 2-0 series lead because of, of course, them doing it in the previous round against the Toronto Maple Leafs and then now doing it in the Eastern Conference Final against the Carolina Hurricanes. But I just... I just come to the conclusion where when you when you think about the mission that the this Panthers team has been on, of course, it's a journey, it's a ride that each team goes through. Their ups and downs, injuries, illness, which the Panthers, in, in their case, had a little bit of a cap situation as well, and the the times that there are a whole bunch of miscommunications, whether it's a pinch in the offensive zone causing an odd man rush the other way or or losing the puck right at the at the blue line as you're trying to break out and then the Florida Panthers giving up a a rush opportunity and um the goalie's left out to dry as well. We're not seeing that really in in this postseason run for the Panthers and it's 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 to the point where this team is not recognizable and it's in the I and I say that in the best way possible as as the Panthers are just two wins away from the Stanley Cup final. And you know what's really cool? Uh, the guys over at Panther Prairie brought it up in their show that there, there's an opportunity for Charles Barkley of the NBA on TNT crew to be in the building for game three at FLA Live Arena as it'll be an off day in between the Miami Heat game of games three and four, which the Celtics look lifeless in game three against the Miami Heat. And uh, in, in, that's one thing that they had in common with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs came to town and looked lifeless in game three as well. I mean, remember it was uh, Camp and Lafferty had those two goals in game three, and it was the Sam Reinhart overtime winner. And another celebrity that has a, an opportunity to come to 
a game at FLA Live Arena during the playoffs is Brooks Kepka, who just won the PGA Championship, his fifth major, his third at the PGA. Of course, we all know what happened with him and Aaron Eckblad with the Cone situation. And of course, they reconvene. Aaron Eckblad spoke about how they talked before the Masters, and he was actually put a bet on Brooks Kepka. And want to say a public congratulations to uh, Brooksy uh, getting his fifth uh, ma- major title. But one thing I do want to discuss more about is the the top guns of the Florida Panthers continue to face, of course, Bergeron with, with the with the Boston Bruins and and David um, David Pasternak, Brad Marchand as well. The Florida Panthers have been up to the challenge every single time that they've had that chance, and in in the in the second round series as well, where where John Tavares and Austin Matthews don't register a single goal, Mitch Marner doesn't get his until. Game four, William Nylander was basically the only player on the Toronto Maple Leafs who was really generating anything on their end. And the Florida Panthers were able to neutralize all of that. And in this situation, as far as the Eastern Conference final, if you look at both game-winning goals by Matthew Kachuk, it's been who who have been the defense pair who was who happened to be on the ice for the Carolina Hurricanes during both of those game-winning goals. Brent Burns, Jacob Slavin. Of course, we all know the resume of Brent Burns being at 38 years old, still going, a Norris Trophy winner. And Jacob Slavin, who's a stay-at-home defenseman, very responsible in his own end. And, of course, the if you look at the replay again of of, uh, of the power play goal by Matthew Kachuk in Game 2, Jacob Slavin gets uh, stuck in the boards, gets his stick uh, tangled, and, and that causes the Florida Panthers to go tic-tac-toe. And then in the, in the first game, of course, Brent Burns with that turnover – that, that gets it to Sam Bennett and then Sam Bennett to Matthew Kachuk for that game winner. And it's just really about putting the opposition in, in continuous bad positions to, to, uh, to capitalize on mistakes. And of course we all know, remember in game one, how the pace started to really, of course, slow down because of tired legs, but you, but let's not also forget that there's a, a decent amount of a shot on goal advantage in uh, around the second or third overtime. And as the, right before even the Florida Panthers were starting to right before the Florida Panthers even got the game winner, the shot on goal advantage and the ice was starting to tilt in the Panthers direction too. So you were starting to see the confidence starting to build for this, for this team, right? Even before the, for, before, a goal is behind the net and you see just little itty bitty habits that the, that the Panthers create for themselves that get them those consistent opportunities. And even, even, even sometimes when I'm watching games and it's, it's not a goal that scored. It's like, Oh, I liked how they processed that play. Oh, I like how they, how they made that extra pass in order to possibly try to fool the goalie, even, even though they, they make a save on that play and you see, and you see how, how this team is learning to trust one another. And also Alex Baumgartner wrote an article about the top guns for the Florida Panthers and the highest paid players being the guys to show up the most. Of course, Sergey Bobrovsky, the $10 million man, Sasha Barkov, who's here for another seven years, excuse me, six years, seven years um, after after this year for the Panthers. Same thing with Matthew Kachuk making $9.5 million. And it's crazy. It's, it's also I also want to mention how right before right before the playoffs even started, Alexander Barkov was voted the most underrated player in in the NHL. And it, when you're 
when you're voted under as the most underrated player multiple times, are you really underrated after all? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say so. I mean, honestly, I mean, because I watch this team every day and you guys too, you guys see the greatness that this guy brings at, on both ends of the ice, the full 200 foot game. Like we, we say that old hockey, hockey cliche of Alexander Barkov, but at, at some point, at some point that underrated talk has to just end. And the reason why it's likely going to end for Sasha Barkov is the fact that, you know, when, 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 when not as many fans have as much eyeballs as on the Florida Panthers like we do, on, at least on the national stage, you're only going to see, if you only watch one team, if you're a Northeastern team, you're only going to see Barkov like three or four times a year and, and not on the daily. So your appreciation for someone like him, especially quick to to lose pucks to exit out of the zone, is it, you're not going to appreciate it as as much. But And, and he has a freaking Selkie trophy to his name. <laughs> like... Come on. So for me personally, that underrated talk has the has the freaking end. But also I want to discuss more about the the timely the timeliness of, of the power play as well. I mean, it's it's crazy because we didn't even mention in our post-game recap with Frank Ricas about the first power play that the Panthers had was a little bit of a disaster, giving up six shorthanded shots to the Carolina Hurricanes as well but you know it, it ended up being a good thing uh for for the panthers of course once again talking about how conserving all their energy and and really the only goal given up was to to chatfield on that redirection um right in front and you can't blame sergey Bobrovsky for that neither and the fact that outside of that you the the carolina hurricanes didn't see as much quality i mean once again it was 20 to eight in shot on goal advantage at one point. And then it said scoring chances. What I mean, and scoring chances are subjective too. It said scoring chances were seven to five Carolina and they had so many more shots on goals. You, you got to love how the Panthers consistently create their quality chances over, 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 over the quantity. When you look at that aspect of this, of, of just, if you're just talking about game two alone, and and then John Cooper uh, on he was on the TNT set and funny enough he did not pick a Florida Panthers player it's his scored overtime winner so we can't be surprised there but also talking about him getting to know Bill Zito in the Stanley Cup bubble back in 2020 and getting to know his character and an opportunity to kind of get a grip of who he was and how he was prepared for the job as well and also of course mentioned his relationship with Julian Breezewa his uh his general manager as well and kind of put us into the mindset of the communication between the coach player. It, if you guys are in sync or, or not how you feel about someone and, and, you know, we can't definitely, we can't definitely see the full lens of the Paul Maurice Bill Zito relationship. It's, I mean, it's only in year one, but, but you kind of get an idea of like what it's like to build a champion. And of course with, the Tampa Bay Lightning fall into the Columbus Blue Jackets, Sergey Bobrovsky's Columbus Blue Jackets at the time. It, it, it's a, it, 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 I'm not sure if it brings necessarily PTSD to someone like John Cooper, but you kind of see, you kind of see how, how it's, uh, it's brought him back to that moment. And also the, 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 the fact that he's likely not surprised to see that when the lights are, when the lights come bright, that Sergey Bobrovsky is right there to, to to shut things down and of course the the preparation that happens consistently for for this 
for this guy, of course. I went on Locked on NHL with uh, Gil Martin uh, on Monday show. Check, go check that out. And I so, spoke about really how it's it, what really changed for Sergey Borovsky was really 2021 when Spencer Knight and Chris Trigger were starting games for the Panthers in that 2021 series and then lighting up, lighting a fire under him. Of course, him having a kid as well really helped them really lock in. And of course, last year's postseason, he was the least of the Panthers' problems as far as as far as uh, as far as the Panthers and it, it was really the Panthers' inability to, to score, especially on the power play. So just great to see that Sergey Bobrovsky is just making those $10 million really worth what Dale Talon originally gave him back in the summer of 2019. But in segment number two, on the other side of the break, we are going to be bringing in the radio play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers, Doug Plagans, to discuss a series check-in as the Florida Panthers are up 2-0 in the Eastern Conference Final as Game 3 is tonight, 8 p.m. on TNT. We're going to discuss that next here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about game time and buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and get hyped for the fun you'll have forget planning months in advance take game time as deals of tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on football basketball hockey concerts comedy theater and more game time guarantees means you'll get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get image of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your your email. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKDOWNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Limited tickets, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And welcoming in our special guest here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. He is the radio play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers here for another series check-in edition, Eastern Conference final edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, Doug Plagans. Doug Welcome back for another series check-in. Thanks for having me, as always. Uh, you know, it's it's brought us some some good mojo before, so we may as well keep it going here. Absolutely, and of course, uh, thank thank you as always uh, for for your time. Of course, one day gaps uh, with the Eastern Conference Final a little bit difficult this time around, but of course, we we made it work here to get you on the show. But first of all, I want to ask you about the the first two games and the trials and tribulations that the Florida Panthers had to go through, not only for getting a two nothing series lead for the second series in a row, but both of these games in Carolina, they were down one, nothing in each game. They, they didn't give themselves an opportunity to get down multiple goals goals. Of course, thankfully there was a goal disallowed on the Carolina side um, in game two. And even in the, in the Toronto series, they were able to at least win one game when they were down to nothing uh, in, in game uh, two, but talk about the, how the Florida Panthers, they're, they're able to still continuously, even when they fall behind early, get them um, and they're able to still man- manage the game and still find a way to, to be at ease. 
Yeah, it's a trait that this team's really developed, I think, going back to the late part of the regular season. And this morning, uh, before we hit the road back to Florida, um, during the media availability, I actually I asked Nick Cousins about that specifically just because this team has shown a real comfort level in close games, comfort level in overtimes lately, especially. We've seen this team just really play a, a confident brand of hockey in overtime. And he said it was just kind of a, a trait that really was developed as the regular season went on. And a lot of it, I think, can be attributed to the fact that the Panthers played so many games that you know were really important down the stretch to say the least i mean every how many games did the panthers play where they knew that you know it was a, it felt like a playoff game games late in the year against other teams that were right there in that race with them and they were in a situation where they knew how valuable each and every point was down the stretch and proved to be because they made the playoffs by one point over pittsburgh so they were playing that playoff brand of hockey late in the year and they were playing well, and they got comfortable doing that, and they saw the formula, they saw what worked, and I think going into the into the Boston series as well, you know, that was the theme in the Boston series was the team that scored first won the game. That happened in all seven games in that series. The team that scored first came out on top. The Panthers were able to buck that trend, as you mentioned, once they got to round two. They had the comeback win there in, uh, in game two, and now here in this series against Carolina, they've fallen back by a goal in each game but they they've been able to come back and get it knotted up and ultimately win these games and they just are very comfortable playing these tight games Sergei Bobrovsky is a big reason for it no doubt about that um, his calmness and his composure is reverberating throughout the entire team and they're picking up a lot off of that and especially in the overtimes and I think going back to going back to the Boston series game five uh, the Panthers won that one in overtime to prolong that series. Game seven, coming out for overtime. I think all of us would say that coming out for overtime in game seven against Boston, the Bruins looked tense in that game, and the Panthers just looked at ease, and ultimately that's what helped them win that hockey game. Um, it's a team that's just proven to really be comfortable, and uh, it's a team full of guys that have been able to not only rise to the occasion, but Everybody on this team has shown the ability to embrace the moment and nobody shies away from the pressure situations. It's a team where you can see, as Billy Lindsay said on the broadcast last night when we were on our postgame show, um, mentioned that you get into these situations where you're playing for the guy beside you and, you know, you, you just want to make sure that you're always, uh, that you know, when it gets to that point, everybody's doing everything they can to, uh, to make sure that, they're holding down their their end of the bargain, for lack of a better way to put it. And you've got a full group of guys pulling in the same direction right now. They're a lot of fun to watch, and uh, they're doing it different ways, winning these games, and it's been unbelievable to see. And, uh, again, they're just such a confident team right now, and it's showing every single night. Yeah, and and you, you mentioned about playing for the guy beside you more on, of course, the whole cliche of the 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 logo on the front, not the mm. not the name on the back of, of the of the sweater, and of course Sergey Bobrovsky last 10, 10 games, um, two hundred two uh, GAA, nine point three nine save percentage as well in seven hundred and twelve minutes of a play, and that includes a whole bunch in game one. And of course, there was the there's that post from from awful announcing on on Twitter about your your you and 
the the job you've done you did uh, of course calling seven full periods of of hockey i know you you tweeted that you had done it on the echl level multiple overtimes but i we spoke we spoke a whole bunch about we, i've asked you before about how broadcasting games uh by yourself of course the hydration um aspect of it but here's the other part of it too for 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 you uh doug plagans when when it when you start at around 8 10 and finish at 1 in the morning there's also another aspect to it your eating schedule as well and of course um depending on which press box you go to as well and and what's provided as well what 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 how was that how is that experience for you not only as far as your mouth having to move at a million miles an hour, but also that aspect too. I really don't eat much during the game. And I will say, I think during the last intermission of overtime was the first time I ever thought about that. I was like, huh, I'm starting to get a little bit hungry. Like, you know, I, I always have a snack or something after the game. I'm, you know, it's, it's always, you know, late at night when the game ends and um, it's, it finally hit me during that last intermission of overtime I was like, ah, starting to get a little bit hungry, but I really don't eat much during the games because I find that if you, if you eat, it makes you even more thirsty. And, you know, I'm already trying to drink enough water to hydrate and all that, but that, that game was, uh, that game was a thrill. And um, as it went on, it just, you just get so, you just get so into it. And, you know, even as it went on, it was, first of all, the hockey, the level of hockey, especially for how deep into overtime that game went so much credit goes to the athletes that were involved in that game. I tell you what, on both sides, because, you know, sometimes games get deep into overtime and it feels like maybe they, they slow down or, you know, it just, uh, the, the level, it just, the game can change understandably. So, because that's to say it's taxing on the body is an understatement what these guys are going through, No doubt. but you're talking two, three into the fourth overtime, both teams were pushing. It, both goaltenders were having to make big saves as the game went on. And those goaltenders, especially, they don't get line changes. So, uh, you know, hats off to what uh, the show that both of those guys put on. I tell you, if you like goaltending, if you were just a casual observer who liked goaltending, then that was the game for you because you saw Sergei Bobrovsky and Frederick Anderson absolutely put on a show in that game. But that was uh, it was a classic, no doubt about it. I mean, there, there have only been five games in NHL history that were longer. Two of those were played in the 1930s. So it's not something you see every single day. It's part of what makes makes hockey so unique is that in theory, the game can go on forever. And it's not something that happens every single day. Again, there have only been five games in the history of the league longer than that one. So it's not something that happens every day. As it was going on, though, you did feel good about the Panthers' chances to win, and I think all that started with Sergei Bobrovsky because he just continued to make the saves, and he looked so locked in, and I remarked on it during the broadcast. But it wasn't just that he was making the big saves. It was how calm he looked in making the big saves. You'd see him go side to side, and then you'd watch it on a replay, and he just made it look so methodical. It was it was really something to behold. And he just looked so in command that you just think, OK, it's going to, you know, at, at some point, the Panthers are going to get a chance. They're going to cash in. Sure enough, they got one. And it was just an example of why you go to the final horn, because there were 12.7 seconds left in that overtime period. 
Not a lot of time, but there was enough time to get a scoring chance if you made a good play, and that's what the Panthers did. They were able to force a turnover and uh, very quickly developing play. Sam Bennett to Matthew Kachuk, and the game ended, and that was that. So that was a huge one. Rod Brindamore said after the game in his postgame press conference that it was the most devastating way to, to lose a hockey game when you mm-hmm. go through all that. And from the Carolina perspective, you have nothing to show for it. On the Panthers' side – on the road to go through all that and get a win the way that they did. What a way to start that uh, that Eastern Conference final series. So, again, I can tell you from my perspective, it was an absolute thrill to be involved uh, in any way in a game like that, to see a game like that, and to see the Panthers come out on top. And, uh, hey, I, I got a ton of uh, – I need to say I got a ton of tweets, um, you know, uh, just a, a ton of messages and things like that from uh, from people with a lot of kind words. And I just want to say thanks to everybody. I try to respond to, to as many as I could. But um, if there was anybody I missed, thank you so much. Thanks to everybody who stayed up late with us for that one, because um, that was an absolute thrill. And, uh, and I hope everybody just like Paul Maurice is stressed throughout the playoffs. I hope everybody just took it in and enjoyed that. I'm sure it was pressure filled at times. I'm sure people were on the edge of their seats, but this team has been really special and they're giving us a lot of great memories. And and that game one is a game that I think all of us are going to remember forever. Yeah. And, and definitely, uh, I, I credit to also the people who's who were stayed at the watch party in downtown Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. as well, who who they could have easily left early, of course. And and they there's a whole bunch of people who stayed yeah. there the whole time. And for me personally, um waking up the next morning and having to do a a show to recap game one, I felt so energetic re- even though I got like maybe four or five hours of sleep after after game one of course the the wind helps and the adrenaline rush that comes with it is definitely one of course you mentioned Sergey Bobrovsky being locked in you had a save on I believe it was a Drury where Kakaniemi was on yes. his knees and he got it to uh, a backhand uh, feed with a sharp angle and then the game-changing save in game two where a, a cross-eyes feed from Marty Natchez uh, to Tara Vine and, and he's quick to get it on that blocker as well. So just incredible what then the uh, nature's breakaway in game one. That's another that, one that we're all gonna one. remember. That came in the third period. If if uh you know if that one goes in there wouldn't have been might not have been any kind of an overtime period. So um it's it's just an example of the margins being so razor thin and these two teams are so good that you it really can come down to one play here and there, one save here and there, making all the difference in the world. That's what we've seen so far. Yeah, no, no doubt, and and Bobrovsky definitely making the the difference for uh for for the Panthers there. And it's just you could point to so many different things that that he's done. I, w- I want to talk more about the the two top end superstars uh, for for the Panthers that that scored of course the two goals mm-hmm. in, in in game two for 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 florida and of course wayne gretzky had a lot of praise for sasha barkov after after game two saying that's one of the greatest goals that he's ever seen and um barkov saying that um that's saying that uh i don't i don't know if uh i don't know if i could score compared to him uh but getting that praise from the tnt crew from from wayne gretzky and and, and of course paul maurice uh, talking about how he's not really a, a a flashy player but you you're starting to see a little bit of that flash with him and i think a lot of that has to do with who his teammate is and matthew kachuk and of course matthew kachuk getting the two overtime 
winners in both games one and two. And the thing is, I'm, I'm no, noticing more, especially that Matthew Kachuk's business is, is like a business as usual approach. Of course, you win, go off the ice within 30 seconds, maybe even maybe within 15 seconds of, of scoring the overtime winner. It's like, we're, we're not done. Yes. It's great to, that they've won, but it's, it's, it's the mission still remains the same. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're it's on to the next one because we, the ultimate goal is to, to win that cup. How, how great has it been that, that the, that Barkov has had, the flair that he's had along with the praise of Wayne Gretzky and of course, Matthew Kachuk with his business as usual uh, approach. Yeah. There's so many ways to go off of that. I mean, you look at Barkov and that goal that he scored in game two to tie it at one is going to be on the, you know, that a guy who's going to score a ton of goals in his career. We forget how much hockey he still has ahead of him. You know, he's just getting into his prime, but you know, in, in 15, 20 years, when we're looking at, uh, you know, when we're going back through the, uh, you know, the, the top moments and the top goals and the top highlights of Alexander Barkov's career, that goal, because of the type of game it was in the way he scored it, that was vintage Sasha Barkov, that goal and came off a great setup from Josh Mahura, who really quietly had a a really, really big game there in game two and made some huge plays that uh, that really influenced the hockey game. But Josh Mahura set up uh, Barkov out in front, and it was a big opportunity because, as we've seen against Carolina, who defends so well, it's rare for them to lose track of a guy, especially a guy like Barkov out in front of the net where he had that kind of time. And Barkov makes a move like that, absolutely froze anti-ranta and was able to backhand it past him for again what is going to be a, a vintage alexander barkov goal that's one we're going to be seeing on the highlights the all-time great panthers highlights for many years to come just because of again the kind of goal that was the style the flair that came with it but just how big that goal was and you look at the scoring so far in the series the panthers have a 2-0 lead in the series they've scored five goals Two for Matthew Kachuk, two for Barkov, one for Verhage, and you know you look at that, and it's for the for the Panthers in the in the biggest games, the the guys finding the back of the net here in a series where goals have come at an extreme premium. Um, it's the the big guns there have uh, have been able to break through, and it's put the Panthers over the top. And you look across the the whole lineup, everybody making the contributions, but, uh, but Matthew Kachuk with the two game winners, Barkov with a couple of goal, goals and, and Verhage with one as well. Um, it's been, it's been a great, uh, it's been a great two games so far. You mentioned as Matthew Kachuk, you've shown that the job's not done. They're well aware of, uh, of that, that they're, they're halfway there as far as this series is concerned, but you look at Matthew Kachuk too. You talk about a guy who just uh, rises to the occasion when the chips are down, um, he's, you know, he, and the Panthers have a lot of guys like that gets back to my point. I was making about, they have a whole lineup of guys where nobody shies away from the moment. Everybody mm -hmm. seems to embrace the pressure situations, these tight games, overtimes, everybody seems to be um, just, uh, you know, really comfortable in these situations. And I've got to think that, you know, the captain, I've got to think that Sergei Bobrovsky got to think that Matthew Kachuk, 
are a huge influence on the overall calmness of, uh, of the entire group. It's great to see what they've done so far. And, and again, what else can you say about Matthew Chuck? This team's uh, one, he's got three overtime goals in the playoffs already. And uh, we're not even through three rounds yet. So he's found ways to come up with the, uh, the biggest plays when the team needs them most. And you go up and down the lineup. I think we talked about this the last time that I was on the show with you, but you go down the whole roster and every guy has had his big moment, his big impact in a game. I mean, you go you go all the way down the list, and of course, you had the the Sam Reinhardt uh, overtime goal in in Toronto, and you had the uh, you had the Nick Cousins, uh, you had the Nick Cousins overtime goal in Toronto, and it's you go down the list, and you've had just big contributions, and you've had every guy up and down this lineup being a huge factor in games, Brandon Montour going all the way back to the, to the Boston series, which oddly the Boston series feels like it was a really long time ago at this point, oddly yeah. enough, it wasn't that long ago, but it feels like it was, but Brandon Montour, when he tied that game, when he tied game seven with, I think like 59.3 seconds left on the clock. Um, you know, there are all these little moments along the way. Um, we can't forget about the Sergei Bobrovsky save on the Brad Marchand breakaway in game five as regulation time was set to expire. Um, you know, if, if that puck goes in, how the, we're not having this conversation right now. No, we're so, not. Uh, again, so many different factors, so many different things, but that's what that's that's the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you, the margin for error is so slim and every team is so good and uh, you know, every team's got good goaltending and every team's got a dangerous lineup. And that's why it comes down to one play here, one play there. And uh, for the Panthers, they've found a way to to come out on top in a lot of close games. And that's what it's going to continue to take. Yeah, no, no doubt. And then, of course, you mentioned goals coming at a premium with the with the Barkov, Barkov and Kachok getting two, Verhage getting one. And you you think about who who the who the, the players are two two players who have scored uh, forty goals this season in Verhage and Kachok and 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 a guy who's definitely capable of of course of has because of injury he hasn't done it on the stat sheet in Sasha Barkov as well. And different moments has led to different different turning points in games and of course the florida panthers continue to rack up the wins uh now 10 and 1 in their last 10 postseason games uh for, for the panthers and two wins away from from the the stanley cup final but doug i want to thank you so much for joining me on this series check-in edition of the locked on florida panthers podcast game three being tomorrow on the tv side it's 8 p.m on tnt uh but I want to give you an opportunity to discuss the programming notes once again for tomorrow's game three at FLA Live Arena. Yeah, tomorrow game three, uh, we will be on the air at seven o'clock on 560 WQAM. And of course, that means also on the Odyssey app with extended local pregame coverage. At 730, we start Panthers preview on the Panthers radio network. So 560 WQAM, of course, our flagship home, but you can also pick us up in the uh, Palm Beaches on 92.1 Real Radio, the FM home of the Panthers playoffs in the Palm Beaches. So you can catch us there. You can always catch us on 100.3 Thunder Country down in the Florida Keys, a uh, great affiliate of the Panthers that uh, has been with us for, for a long time. And uh, the southernmost station in Panthers Nation, 100.3 Thunder Country down in the Florida Keys. And, uh, of course, you can always find us on the NHL app, 
go to us, go to the NHL app, right at puck drop, uh, you know, right at eight o'clock and you'll be able to get us there. Uh, it takes all the guesswork out of it. Um, I mentioned the Odyssey app, Sirius XM channel 220 is where you can find our broadcast through this whole series. If you're a Sirius XM subscriber and uh, you have the Sirius XM app or the streaming platform, channel 932, it's always our broadcast. So you can always find us there. But uh, yeah, on your drive in tomorrow, seven o'clock, we're on the air on 560 WQAM. So you can listen to some extended pregame coverage with uh, me and Billy Lindsay and Kevin Rogers there tomorrow from uh, seven to seven thirty while you're on your way in. And then, of course, uh, we start our pregame at seven and seven thirty and uh, puck drops at eight o'clock and if you're tuned in, you can sync us up to the national TV broadcast, pause your TV at a whistle, hit play when you hear that same whistle on your radio or your app or your computer or wherever you're listening, and you should be uh, pretty close to, to right about synced up there. So I know a lot of folks out there have tried that. I've gotten a lot of tweets, people saying it works pretty well. So uh, thanks, everybody, who has given that a try. And if you haven't, um, that's all. that's what you do. Give it a shot. See how it works. Yeah, uh, I've definitely given that uh, given that a try, and it, it's definitely uh, useful uh, for me. Of course, it's it's a it's a little more descriptive on the radio side. Of course, you have to be uh, to paint the picture. Of course, for and for I know sure. and that's like, we like to just give everybody the options. I can tell you that the all the different crews that are covering this, whether it's uh, you know whether it's TNT or for the uh, Canadian uh, viewers up in, up on Sportsnet or um, you know the national radio broadcast, they have just outstanding broadcast crews handling handling it for all the different uh, networks tv and radio uh but i know some people always do like to get the local broadcast so just giving you the giving you the option there and just letting you know mm -hmm. how you can find the local broadcast with uh, with billy and i because we're going to be with you every step of the way so if that isn't motivation to to sync up your radio broadcast i don't know what is but doug thank thank you so much and hope to see you next time my friend thank you very much for having me as always and if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Lockdown NHL Network, including Lockdown NHL, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steel Roden, and Lockdown NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for the everydayers out there, make sure to come back for Tuesday's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. We'll be, we will be bringing in Florida Panthers historian Francisco Aporta to recap Monday's Game 3 between the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes. So I'm Armando Velez with Doug Plagans. And you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.